Welcome to Life Collage, Episode 7. I'm here with my dad and grandpa. Enjoy. All right, I've got to thank my son, Oliver, for giving us the intro. That was a pretty cool one. All right, Dad. Um, today we were going to talk about another kind of work-related story. Why don't you set us up a little bit? Yeah, um... This one was back, uh, I told a story about the, uh, the cat, the HD-16 cat. I, I'm not sure if I actually said what model it was, but <clears throat> uh, this one took place a little earlier. Uh, kind of this, it was the same area, same location. I think I was doing the bigger part of the job. And I, uh, I had a Terex crawler. Uh, they're called a C6-8230 um, crawler. They weighed about, I guess, give you an idea of the size, it was about a 64,000 pound machine. Blade was a little over 12 feet wide, 12 and a half feet wide. And um, I did have a winch on the back of it. And I had it on the job, I had multiple jobs going on at the time. Way too many jobs, way too many employees. And I was trying to, I, I felt like I just go ahead and let the business continue to grow. And there was some high demand that, at that time for logging and I think everything was clicking along. Um, I think it was about 1981 <clears throat> and I had uh, shattered my ankle on a, on one of the logging sides. It was uh, on a yarder side. Uh, that's a story in itself, but this was following the surgery on my ankle and I had left the hospital and we're in the late fall and uh, and we're uh, trying to get the logs out and like I say I had uh, a lot of lot of work going on and here I had the shattered ankle and uh, in a cast and it was gonna create a big problem for me. In fact, my whole business model had to change because of it, but I uh, was, it was a Sunday, I remember that, and I decided to go out and see if I could get some logs yarded one way or the other. And I, the only machine on the job was this great big cat, so I would uh, jump around on my left leg and work my way up on the cat, then I'd back up to some logs and um, drop the cable, uh, the winch line had uh, several chokers on it and I'd just get what I could get when I backed up that way. It's a two-man operation on those old machines like that. They, they didn't have a free spool winch where the cable would just come off as you pull it. You had to actually feed it off so there had to be an operator and a choker setter. Anyhow, uh, so that was that was my process, not going real fast. I'd get off, hop what I could, start crawling on my hands and knees as needed to get uh, get in position to set the chokers, get back up on the cat, and um, I'd put my uh, leg with the cast on. I'd lay it up on top of the cowling of the where the engine is in front of me. Um, because it, it was in a lot of pain letting it hang down on the floor and then bouncing around. 
although it did bounce quite a bit on the metal on the or the engine. Oh, a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I did that for a little bit. I didn't. I just didn't feel like I was making enough headway. So, the timber had all been uh, fell, and it was laying cross cross hill, you know, uh, bucked. And so I thought, well, there was a skid road that went around the bottom of the hill, and uh, I could make my way up to the top of the hill, which was probably. I'm going to guess 400 feet between the old logging road and the top of the top of the hill up there where I thought I could get up there and go around and line myself up with the top of the hill and kind of start over the hill and drop the blade and and uh, just try to kick some logs loose and let them roll down the hill and I thought I could go down through the center of all of them and do that. The guy had told me he did that once years ago, and he, he said it really worked slick. The only difference was he was on a little small cat and uh, probably had a seven, seven, maybe around a seven-foot blade on it long. <clears throat> Mine's 12 and a half, and they're a little, the smaller cats are really maneuverable. Um, so I started to do that, and I got some logs rolling down the hill, and... Um, they were going to, theory was they'd land in that logging road and then I'd go back around and pull them to the landing. And I, uh, I kicked some logs loose. I went down about the length of the cat and it was steep, uh, steep enough. I couldn't back up at all with the cat. And it had really, that particular cat was a really well-balanced cat and you could climb up a hill forward or reverse, uh, with about equal effectiveness. And, and the, uh, I decided to back up a little bit and it wouldn't even move. It'd just sit there and start spinning the tracks. And I uh, actually, I tried backing up after my corner bit on the cat caught a stump because I had it right down at ground level. And uh, you couldn't really see the stumps because with the logs laying there like that, they kind of buried the stumps because uh, a lot of the logs are bigger diameter than the height of the stump. So it caught it and I thought, I tried backing up, wouldn't back up, so I started lifting the cat blade, and uh, just a little bit at a time. And uh, the the uh, brake system on those cats were notoriously miserable, um, if they worked at all, and that's the way this cat was too. And so as I started pulling up uh, on the blade, it would. Uh, force the front of the cat down just because of the way the hydraulics are mounted and uh, so it basically like it was trying to lift the back of the cat up so it had quite a bit of pressure on it while I was worried about it popping real quick and popping up so I was trying to do it just a little bit at a time and see if it start uh, coming loose and evidently I did put a little more pressure on it than I thought and all of a sudden it popped loose and when it did the cat sprung up in the air the blade got higher than the height of the logs and the brakes didn't hold at all and I started rolling forward and uh, this was a split second literally and the cat went right up on top of the logs and as I tried to apply the brakes uh, it, it was it was futile so the, all the logs started rolling just like you know, and you were on top of them. Yeah, I was on top of them. Oh my gosh! So no breaking in the world was going to make any difference <laughs> no. at that point. So. You, you're on. Might as well have been on roller skates. No, yeah, it was absolutely a nightmare. And 
uh, I started picking up speed immediately. Imagine 64,000 pounds going downhill, the weight of the machine and the logs rolling. It was not a good... That's not a good feeling at all. Not a good scenario. So that thing took off and started flying. And I uh, came out of the seat and I, I uh, kind of landed between the... Well, uh, this was the second time I'd had this happen, but I had one leg going around each side of the engine, and I was standing there or sitting there trying to pull on the brakes on each side to try to straighten the cat back up because it tried to go sideways on me. But again, like I say, I was on rollers, so if it was going to go enough sideways, it would have just started flipping over sideways. And uh, the big problem I couldn't stop thinking about was where that logging road was. Um, it was maybe, maybe 18, 20 feet wide. And on the other side of that, it dropped down in a canyon about 900 feet. And all I could think about was flying down there as fast as I was going. Mm. I'd completely miss that road and just be gone over into that canyon. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It was not good. And, uh, anyhow, uh, I had no choice. I was riding it out wherever it went. <clears throat> and by the time I got uh, to where the road was, the cut part side of the road where we, the bank was cut, because it, like I say, it was on a hillside, it promptly dropped down at least 15 feet, I'd say. <clears throat> and the cat was a little bit sideways and dropped over the edge and plowed into the, the uh, logging road. And I stopped. And uh, it was sitting in a really precarious position, still running. I got back up in the seat, and uh, like I say, it was it was wanting to roll over at that point. But I started uh, trying to pick the blade up a little bit, trying to spin the tracks a little, see if I could get it to slide down before it rolled over. And eventually I did. And I uh, uh, herded the thing back towards the landing where the log decks were. And I got back there, like I say, this was on a Sunday, Sunday morning actually, and I was by myself. Um, I got back to the landing and I, uh, I was pretty shaken, so I got off the cat, shut her down, got off the cat, and hopped over to the log deck and was sitting there on the uh, logs, just sitting there kind of thinking about what had just happened and how stupid it was. Um, and about that time, the landowner come driving up in his old pickup, <laughs> and he was a real nice guy. He was, I would guess he was in his late 60s then, good shape, really good health. And he walked over, gets out of his pickup, walked over, saw me sitting there, and he didn't say anything. He just kind of looked across the hill, looked back and forth, walked over and sat down beside me. We hadn't said a word yet. Looked towards me, and he says, did you just do what I think you did? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, probably. <laughs> I had no idea what he had seen, but what he saw <laughs> was the bark off all the trees all the way down the hill that I'd been rolling underneath of me. The tracks tore the bark off the trees. Oh and uh, he had seen that. <laughs> and rather, rather than say, how stupid can you be? <laughs> that was the way he handled it. <laughs> did, did you just do what I think you did? Yeah. <laughs> and so we just sat there for a few minutes. Not another word was said. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, 
I said, well, I, I, I feel like I should at least give you some explanation so you don't think I'm a complete idiot. But <laughs> I told him what I'd done. I'd gone around and decided to roll some of the logs down the hill uh, so I could actually get some logs to the landing. And uh, he's, uh, he just sat and listened. And I said, so it was a, a bad choice, good idea. And as sometimes good ideas uh, turn into ba bad ideas, I guess. Yeah. So anyhow. Good, good theory, anyhow. Yeah, it was good theory. And uh, just another lesson to put in my books of experiences. Yeah. And anyhow, he uh, he then told me, too, the, the other piece of this puzzle was, he said, uh, you know, I think had you gone over that road and went down in the canyon, uh, you would have been the second death on my property. And I looked at him and I said, uh, really? What happened? Well, I had a guy actually logging right here in this same area about five years prior. And he said, you see that? canyon over there he said it was it was just to the east of where I went down the hill and he had gone down over the edge with a skitter and skitters are uh, you need uh, I've got a lot of respect for people who run skitters because they've got to get used to them they'll flip over in an instant and uh, they're just uh, <laughs> I consider at best a dangerous rig to operate but you get you can get good on them just like any equipment and he said, uh, I, I came up to check on him one day, and he said, uh, I got out of my pickup, and I didn't hear anything running. So he said, I walked over and looked over the edge, and he had been cutting timber down over the edge. And he said, I saw a skitter sitting there, or down there. And he said, I thought, what on earth is he doing? He would look like he was on his hands and knees working on it. And he says, as I got to look, and I realized that it had tipped up on its side. And uh, so I went down there, and he said the part of the machine lit on his head, and it killed him. And uh, so, anyway, I guess that would have been a pretty traumatic thing for him to find. So, yeah. anyhow. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you made it down in one piece, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, been a lot of those... Yeah. types of things happen in my life so yeah i know it it sounds that way and so when we were starting this and you were leading up to it you were talking about your ankle injury which i know a little bit about but um is that something you want to go into and just kind of give some background on how that all went down with your ankle getting messed up yeah you want the the whole story or yeah that? let's do it okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that too was the same time period and it was uh so I think it was 1981, and um, this was on a side that uh, a friend of mine and I kind of partnered up on a job. It was a pretty good-sized job, and uh, we both had a yarder, two different types of yarders. And uh, um, that whole thing that happened down there, there's actually two really big parts of this story, but one moving the yarder in and the other uh, was uh, the accident I had and uh, anyhow we uh, 
I don't know. You want me to go into the part delivering the machine? Sure. Yeah. What? However, it starts or whatever way you think it'd be best yeah. to tell. Well, I had I had bought this yarder, did a lot of work on it at the shop, and it was a mobile mobile yarder. It was on uh, three axles on rubber tires, which I think probably is it, uh, years ago. It was you'd see it more often than you did at the time I was using it. And it was a heavy, big machine. Um, I, I can't, I'm not sure I could even put a figure on it, maybe 45 tons, 40 tons, I'm not sure. Wow. Uh, it, was, it, it wasn't a tower, it was, uh, it had a heel boom on it. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of the old timers used them for loading logs, but you could yard with them too, uh, yard logs. And uh, that was in the day of the, the big old growth timber. And I, uh, I think it was Sherman Brothers. I had them haul that to this site for me, and I was flagging uh, for the for the low boy because it was oversized. <clears throat> and uh, we started up through the mountains, and these are logging roads, pretty good haul roads actually. Except this this area was. Uh, uh, really a lot of adverse road, steep, uh, steep roads getting in. And we made it through a lot of it, a lot of it, uh, where the roads were cut out, it was, uh, rock. So they probably had to shoot a lot of the road to, you know, cause it's solid rock. They had to shoot it. You'd have a rock, rock wall on one side and on the other side, it was straight down. Oh man. Lord, I'll bet you it was 1500, 2000 feet down. Wow. And at that time, uh, Publishers Paper owned that part of the land. Uh, that's not who I was logging for, but they owned that part of the land. <clears throat> and they had a, a bunch of crews down there following the alder. And they were doing a process in those days they called uh, slash and burn. They just cut all the alder trees, let them fall down in the canyon, and uh, then they'd set them on fire later and burn the whole, whole area in and try to get it planted back to, uh, you know, Fur. Yeah, fur, dug fur, whatever they're going to do, likely, mm -hmm. likely, likely dug fur. Yeah. So we got past that, and uh, there was um, going back into the site. We got there was a real steep pull, and the the truck uh, spun out. The tractor that was pulling the low boy spun out right in the right in the road. <clears throat> And he told, he got out and he told me, so that's as far as we're going to go. Cause he said, uh, I got, I can't go any further. You got to unload it here and walk it in. <laughs> and I said, I don't, I ain't going to drive this thing that far. I said, that's still five or six miles. Oh my gosh. And I said, and with this kind of road up here, I don't want to trust this. I've never, never driven it anywhere before. Yeah. So I said, I don't know what the braking system's like. It had air brakes and theoretically get it stopped good when you traveled, you know, just on flat ground and tried to apply the brakes. And the brakes were all adjusted up and things, and so it theoretically would work okay. So he walked back and started to undo his chain binder. I told him, I said, no, we're not, we're not unloading this thing here. He said, well, what do you think you're going to do? I said, well, you're going to get back in your truck. First of all, you're going to give me a hand. We're going to undo some cable off this boom, and uh, I'm going to have you pull on it, and we're going to run it up ahead of the truck, and we'll hook onto one of those stumps up there, and I'll get up in the yarder and start it up, and then I'll put some tension on that and 
try to pull the truck and all with the yarder. <laughs> <laughs> and he was real concerned about that. But at any rate, uh, I said, well, let's give it a try. I said, I won't, won't do anything really uh, violent here while I'm trying to run this. I'll just keep it idled down and you just keep your truck in really low. And if we start moving, we'll just keep moving until we get to the point this line's no, no longer be effective where it's anchored. So, and uh, so he did, he got in there and it really went just as smooth as it could be. The truck started moving. I kept the line taut and uh, got him up past that. And I, I, I had felt that where I, where I made that tail hold on that stump, that it would, uh, would be far enough for him to go ahead and take off after that. And so we, we uh, cut it loose from the stump. I pulled the line back in. And uh, when I did, um, I took the line on the heel boom part of it. There was a angle iron that went the full length of the boom. So when you picked up a log uh, for when you're loading, the, the butt of the log would hit that angle iron, not slide sideways. And uh, I got up on the gooseneck of the low boy and uh, I put that line up in the latticework and I wrapped it around and around, made a big loop up there and wrapped, I probably had 150 feet. I, I fed through there and wrapped it around and around and made a loop that hung down maybe a foot and a half. And then I wrapped around, you know, I, I uh, lashed the, the roll of cable with the end of it and wrapped it around it. Uh, so it went around it probably Oh no, maybe six, seven times I wrapped it through the, the loop and um, got the machine shut down the yarder and and we started moving again and uh, we got to a point that uh, I told him, I said, there's a, there's a curve coming coming up and we need to take a look at that because it's single lane road it goes right along the side of the canyon oh, man. and it was or it was one of those pieces that there was a straight rock wall that's probably 60 feet up because <laughs> they cut this right out of the side of the canyon so it's really steep and they cut this rock wall out that was just about vertical and then it went into a 90 degree corner to the left and uh, I was afraid he might run into trouble on that corner and uh, so uh, we walked up and looked at it. He said, no, I'll never make that corner. And I said, okay. So I said, we're going to have to unload it where we're at. And we're just literally a quarter of a mile from the corner. And I told him, I said, you know, uh, I would really appreciate it if you would uh, kind of hang out here and help me get this thing back to the landing. Because I said, I'm going to be up here without a cat, without a, uh, ability to take one back and not the other and I said it's about another three and a half miles or so uh, so he didn't want to do it but he finally said uh, yeah I'll go ahead and do it and I said well I'll pay you for your time so whatever they were charging me for the low boy that's what I told him I'd go ahead and pay him anyhow <laughs> and uh, so he agreed to do it and I said well you can get my pickup you can jump in this thing and try driving in uh, either way and he said, uh, 
you know what? He said, I'll, I'll drive this. And as I got to thinking about it, when it went around the corner, the hill got real steep, which would make it going directly, say, north, uh, and the canyon would have been, that road would have been perpendicular to the canyon. So if anything went wrong, the canyon was directly behind the machine mm -hmm. as it go around the corner. So I told him, I said, you know what? I'm having a second thought. Uh, I've got my Terex up there, the cat. I said, why don't we go up there and I'll walk it back and we'll hook it onto the, uh, the yarder and then just keep the line taut on it and ju not try to do anything fancy. Just move up the hill and just take our time and move it up the hill. And then that way, if something goes wrong, nobody will be in danger. Yeah. So like I say, he was wanting to get moving on. He wasn't anxious about that, but we did. We went up and got it. Now I had about an inch, I think about an inch and an eighth, maybe an inch and a quarter cable on the back of my oh, wow. cat. That's heavy duty. Heavy duty choker yeah. cable. <laughs> but with that thing, I usually pushed the logs up in a kind of, of a bunch and then we could jump off and just not drag a lot of line out. So, yeah. And I always wanted it because uh, where I worked a lot of times it's real steep and sometimes you get over in a place you couldn't move and had to use that line to pull the whole machine oh, back yeah. up a mountain. So. So I figured that'd be good. So we got down there, walked the machine to the corner, stopped short of the corner, got out. I hooked up the cat to the machine, and we started driving for. Oh, I asked him which one he wanted to get on. He says, uh, oh, man, he said, I'll just get on this because he said it's more, more like a truck for driving. And uh, anyhow, this, uh, you got to remember this boom that was on it, this heel boom stuck out in front of the yarder itself by maybe at least 25 feet, maybe more than that. And uh, so I had to let out enough cable to keep the cat ahead of that. And uh, so I did, and I told him, I said, now just, we're gonna start moving. I don't expect a problem, but let's just keep moving and don't let any slack get in line. So you may be able to start traveling faster because I'm just going to pick a gear and stay in that gear in the cat. So you may be able to travel faster than I can. And mm. if, uh, if you do, I don't want you to get any slack in the line. I want to keep pulling on you. So if it gets easy and you think you just drive ahead, don't do that. Yeah. Just let me keep pulling you. And you can keep power on it. Just don't let there get any slack in the line. Mm. And uh, so we get around the corner and we get up maybe a couple hundred feet up the, the real steep incline. And uh, this was a gravel road. It wasn't a dirt road or anything. It was a, a decent road to hold logs out, not just from where I was going to be working, but all over the mountains up there. And we got up that road a little ways, and uh, all of a sudden I, I noticed my cat was running without any. It just sounded like it was starting to over-rev a little bit, and I was trying to look back and forth and keep my eye on the road too. And all of a sudden I looked back, and he had driven up towards me, and the cable was on the ground, and I guess he was feeling good that he was just doing fine. And all of a sudden, I tried to holler at him, but as I was trying, I was in a panic when I saw he'd done that. And I tried hollering at him, and all of a sudden, that yarder kicked out of gear. Oh, no. And, oh, my God, that thing started shooting backwards. 
I mean instantly. It was from zero to 50 in a oh second. I mean literally. With that big of a machine, that's so yeah. much. And when it hit the end of the cable, because I had stopped, when it hit the end of the cable, it didn't even hardly jerk the cat. It snapped that cable oh, in half no. like it wasn't even there. It just boom. And he went flying back, and I was absolutely in a panic. I looked, and he had frozen on the pedals, his feet on the brake pedals. He had the, his hand, he was pulling back on the levers, instinctively trying to think that that maybe would help with brakes or something. And they weren't for the brakes, they were for operating the yarder. And as he was doing that, it had activated the, the heel boom. Instead of laying out horizontal, it was starting to stand straight up. Oh, no. And we we're already on this steep incline, and that boom was going up really fast. And as he was traveling backwards, the, uh, there was about a, probably a foot drop off of the gravel. Then it hit a little bit of a shoulder uh, on the right side, and that's where he was at, was on that right side. And uh, as soon as he, as soon as I saw what had happened, I jumped off the cat, and I started yelling at him, "Jump, jump!" Yeah. And he was so frozen, he couldn't do it. He was absolutely—I could see it in his eyes. He was absolutely petrified, which anybody would be. And I just kept screaming at him. I was running towards the machine, and I just kept screaming, "Jump, jump!" Because at that time, he was far enough away from the canyon that he could have jumped out. And uh, he might have got injured some, but uh, this, I, I, there was no chance of survival if it went over the edge. And by him holding on to that controls to the boom and it kept raising up, uh, it stood all the way up. And that cable I had wrapped around the boom, when it came tight and he still held on to it, it was turning the drums. And it was tightening the cable up. So that big loop I'd put in there to get rid of all the extra cable, mm -hmm. it came tight on the boom. And that thing was ready to tip over. I'm telling you, I, I still to this day don't know how it hadn't tipped over already. It was tipped to the side. And when that thing came all the way up, the cable tightened up on the boom. Somehow, the drive mechanism for the drums and the lower gear train for the travel on the the uh, <clears throat> unit itself that drove the axles they were interlocked somehow and that by him holding those frictions and tightening up the cable it stopped the machine really not by brakes but by the interlock and by the brakes on the winch on the on the big yarder uh, drums wow and it stopped and uh so that's probably the only way that would have stopped huh yeah it was Wow. And I, I was alongside of him by then on his on the downhill or the canyon side, and he was shaking so bad. I said, "Don't move! Don't let off of those uh, frictions! Don't take your feet off the brakes! Don't move! I'm going to have to come down here to the cat, and I'll try to tie a farmer's eye into cable to the front of this machine, and I'll tighten up on you, and do not get out of that. Don't whatever you do, just don't move. You're going to be okay sitting there right now." Yeah. Don't move. So I ran up the hill. I backed down the hill, fed off some line. I put this farmer's eye. I don't know if they show that on a Google search. You can <laughs> try to search it, find out what a farmer's eye and a, and a cable is. I imagine it's a lot like when you're tying a 
tying your leader to your regular fishing line. You're just tying two lines together to make them one. Well, actually, what you do, you part the cable. So if there's... Because it's a braided cable, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So if there's like eight strands or whatever there is, I can't remember now, you unwind about half of them. You get about half of them. You unwind them mm. back about three feet. You make a loop, and you loop the two ends around in a circle. Oh. And then you start wrapping them back in the lay of the cable okay. where it came out of. And you do both sides, and you try to get it where there's an ear that that extends back where the base of the eye would be, where the the line is. Mm-hmm. And then you wrap them together more. Then you put those two pieces back together. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And it's not as strong as a regular eye, but I figured if we're not moving with it, yeah, it'd hold it. So I got it put together. I had to put it through the the uh, place that I'd found that there's a hole there. I could put this cable through, put the eye in it. Got up there, tightened the cat up. I, I had a break on that too, that generally when it's setting, it would hold. But so I, I was so worried about it, I left it in low gear, left the throttle set up at a fairly high RPM, uh, or not real high, but where the cats wouldn't, or the tracks wouldn't try to spin and let it try pulling. Yeah. But it was just tight. Mm-hmm. Went back down there and I told him, I said, let up on the controls real easy. Oh, I found a chunk of root wad that was laying there, which this was an area there's no trees even, so... Oh, man. <clears throat> so I don't know where that root wad came from, but I drug it over there and put it behind the wheels of one side and uh, just hoping it would help just some. chalk, kind of. Yeah, uh, but it wouldn't really. <laughs> just, <laughs> just roll right one, over one it. One of those feel-good measures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and I went back and I said told him just let off those controls real easy real easy just a little bit of time let's see what happens here i said you shouldn't roll back at all because i got power on the cat and uh he was shaking so bad yet his literally his legs were jumping up and down his arms were shaking so bad and his whole body was just pulsating back and forth i bet and uh uh so i told him come on down this the, the height of the cab up there was probably, uh, seems to me it must have been eight feet at least because it was above my head by a bit. And uh, there was a couple of, I can't remember, a cable hanging down with a couple steps in it, just cross pieces of the cable. Mm-hmm. And he tried coming down that, and he got down it, and he was, uh, I could see he was really, really not in good shape. And he got down, took a step, and when he hit the ground, he literally piled in a pile. <laughs> he couldn't even stand up. Oh, man. He was so absolutely shaken. But he wasn't the only one. I'm telling you, to oh, s- be there watching that, oh, I can't even begin to tell you the, the stress and knowing what was going to happen. I just yeah. knew what was going to happen. I It was just killing me. Oh, man. And anyhow, he got down there and... uh he got out a cigarette. <laughs> Did you have one too? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I was sweating bullets. I was still trying to figure out what was going to happen from there on out. Good Lord. And he gets out, gets down there, and he says, uh, "He." we start talking. and uh, Anyhow, he said, yeah, I got too much slack in the line, I think. And I said, well doesn't make any difference how it happened it, it, this is not a good place not even a good place now yeah so i said uh we 
<laughs> well, I don't know how long it was, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And I was worried about it because I had the cat, like I say, it was engaged and sitting there like with a torque converter because it was a power, power shift machine. But yeah, uh, I didn't want to start heating things up inside of that and have a problem with the machine too. So I told him, I said, uh, we got to get this thing out of here. <laughs> the only place I'm getting is back in my truck and getting the hell out of here. <laughs> and I said, look, man, you got to help me. I said, I, I, I can't. Log trucks would be in and out of here. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the road. It's ready to fall over the canyon. I said, you don't have to get back up in there. I'll get in there. And I said, but you're going to have to listen to me on that cat. I want you to pull and just keep it tight. Just keep watching and just keep it tight. And I'm not going to do what happened there. I'm not going to gain on you. Yeah. We're not going to move fast. And I said, once we start moving from here, just don't stop. Yeah. And, uh, so I think I told him we'd get up a little ways, get it straightened out, get it off the edge of the cliff, and I'd see if I could let that big heel boom down mm. uh, because it's too precarious. It's too top oh, heavy. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And so he agreed to do it finally after a lot of persuasion. <laughs> and uh, we got it moved up where the road was more level, not level, still steep uphill. Uh, and uh, I, I was able to lower the the big heel rack down the boom <clears throat> and uh then we went ahead and kept going from there and made it back uh like i say this was a piece of the story that i i almost had to tell before the rest of it but the the other part of it uh ended up on uh maybe a month or two down the road and we can do that another time if you want or However you want to do it. Okay. Um, well, I th actually think that's a good cliffhanger for this story to yeah. set it up for next time. Yeah. Because um, that story is probably going to be a pretty b big one, like long-wise, right? The actual one. Because you're going you're gonna to want to go into what happened after as well, right? Like yeah. the whole medical oh, yeah, part of things. Yeah. Yeah. So let's save that for next time. And uh, this is a great way to set that up. And this is, this is going to be a... A thriller i think so yep well <laughs> i'm still sick to this day for that event and there's a few of them that happened over the years that were not just like, way not too like close. that just just uh absolutely sickening this is another one of those episodes we've had two things now that you know there had to be somebody looking out for you i feel like oh, and yeah. and for that guy too because i mean there's way too many things for it to be a coincidence yeah so well, like I said before, I think there's probably at least 50 of these in my lifetime between Vietnam and and uh, through this whole lifetime of doing this kind of stuff. Uh, it just seemed like I was <clears throat> always compelled to tackle things that were jobs other people didn't want to do, and most generally they were high-risk jobs. I, I did that my entire life, so I guess that's what I get for just, I don't know why I did it. I guess just the fact that I felt I could do whatever yeah. needed to be done. Well, you've done a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. you got to think about it like that. So, Well, anyways, this has been fun, and thanks for telling us a story, and we'll see you again next week. Okay. All Take right. care. Thanks, Dad. Bye. Bye.